The Insider's Guide to the Capital's Housing and Rental Scene. Hot Property on News Talks NB's Wellington Mornings. Time to talk hot property. We do it every couple of weeks with Matt Ryan. He's our resident kingpin on Wellington Properties. And he joins me now. Good morning, Matt. Oh, good morning, Nick. Why are you spending so much time in Auckland if you're a Wellington property expert? Oh, I just like spending a little bit of time in other parts of the country. And obviously, Auckland's one of the bigger barometers of what's happening at the moment. What's happening up there that's not happening here? Well, it's a pretty similar picture up there at the moment. I'd say Wellington, if anything, unfortunately, is probably slightly worse than Auckland, but it's it's a little bit grim up there at the moment as well. 0800 80 1080 is the number if you'd like to ask Matt a question to do with anything to do with property. What's the evidence? 9292 is the text. Please ask your expert if he feels like environmental substantiality policy will make it harder and more expensive for landlords. Will he? Will it be law for double glazing in houses when you're doing improvements? I'm not totally sure I got all of that question, but... Um, <laughs> Look, I guess all the costs that get added on to landlords ultimately need to come somewhere out in the wash. So whilst I'm a great believer in making houses warmer, drier, more sustainable for the future, it does have a flow-on effect and has to be paid somewhere by the end user. And that's ultimately, I guess, the the dilemma that we've got is how much of that, um, how much of that is sensible in order to make, make something sustainable for people that own property as well. Thank you. Thank you for your answer. Developers are calling for an amalgamated Wellington Council concept which would make building standards the same right across the wider area. Uh, we've personally on this show been talk, talking about that for ages and the same costs and the same everything. How beneficial would a single authority be for development, do you think? Oh, look, no question. I think there's uh, it's really important and I, th- I haven't spoken to anybody who I deem to be astute that can't see the sense in this and I've had a little bit of experience in this myself I did a, uh, a substantial development in the wire wrapper called Pinot Grove and I was staggered, it was my first development I was staggered by how many councils there were throughout New Zealand all with different rules all with their own different agendas and it just doesn't make good sense we should be amalgamating all this to make it so much more streamlined and it would make the vision for the greater Wellington area so much more productive than what it is at the moment. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Could this be something that actually could be considered right out throughout New Zealand, just one one rule for everything? And I just want, before you answer that, I want to say that I saw a thing on TV yesterday where uh, old colonial-style houses in Auckland, they can't be redeveloped like they can be in Wellington, can they? So there's, it's different rules up there completely. Oh, yeah, there's different rules right throughout New Zealand. And and unquestionably, if we had, if we had uh, I guess far more of a national strategy about what we're doing rather than a sort of a piecemeal approach that we've had for decades and decades where one council does one thing, one council does another. I mean, to give you an example, I was when I was developing my properties at Pinot Grove, at one stage in the middle of the development, the council suddenly decided that uh, it was they were going to make it uh, illegal to back out onto the Pinot Grove residence um, a road, so you had to have all the houses so that you could turn around having parking bay in the houses. It didn't make any sense at all. There was literally virtually no traffic coming through. But these are the sort of things that you come across with councils where they've just everyone's doing something on a piecemeal basis. And look, I, I guess Nick, I'm I'm a huge fan of trying to centralise as much of that as you can. And then you get expertise. You get people that are very good at their roles. Everyone understands what's happening, and you're not working with tiny wee councils where they just don't have much resources. And, of course, there's a whole bunch of cost savings too in doing this. We 
uh, Jack and I went and visited a uh, easy build factory and house um, last week, which was pretty. We were both pretty blown away by uh, both the factory and the build, the finished build, the show home. Uh, I read online a story about a lower hut based company also that just took 13 hours, hours to go from piles in the ground to a weather type building in July. Why don't you think prefabricated homes are the go? Well, I think they've certainly got a future. In the past, they have struggled a little bit, and I don't quite know why that's been. But with technology changing, and you know, some of the some of some of the um, uh, the new insulation uh, opportunities that are occurring, I think pre- prefab buildings have a, have a real place in New Zealand, and I can see they're going to be a growing part of the market. Have you ever seen one? I have seen a couple, and I'm really impressed with what. Every time I've seen something, I'm incredibly impressed by by what it looks like. So if they can get a model that works well, um, it's a bit like Henry Ford when he was building his original cars. He didn't have a streamlined process, and I think if we could get into a streamlined process, I think there's a lot of advantages by doing so. It's uh, incredible that you mentioned the Henry Ford thing because during our visit to uh, Easy Build last week, uh, Mike Fox kept talking about how they were doing things one colour, one way, you know, and, and talked about the Model T so that they simplified it. And we were we were very impressed. Um, hi, Matt. Text has just come in. Hi, Nat. We're not hearing anywhere as much new news reports around building supply shortages. Is it still the case or is it becoming easier to build? Oh, I think there's it's freed up a little bit. I was waiting on some jib for what seemed like eternity, and that seems to that's turned up. And I'm I'm seeing a freeing up of a lot of building supplies. So I think, I guess the crisis has been somewhat averted, although it's still not easy at the moment. And you know the cost of everything is still huge. Just while I'm talking about the cost, uh, my broker rang me up on Friday because all of my policies are coming up for renewal. And I sort of, I, I said to him, geez, I'm just out of interest, how are they all looking this year? Have we got, is there much of an increase? And he said, look, the lowest one you've got is 8%, the highest is 21, but they're all sitting somewhere around, most of them are sitting somewhere around 15. Um, so, you know, that's a huge sum of money. If you add this to some of the things that are going on at the moment, I noticed Grant Robertson's come out with an article saying that he thinks New Zealanders are, are much have been much better under Labour. But I, I can see that there's some real pain out there for people at the moment who've got interest rate increases. This is not only um, uh, people that own houses, just their own private houses, but obviously investors as well. You've got rates going up, you've got insurance going through the roof, and of course you've got your the tax deductibility that's gone for investors as well. So I, I can't I can't agree with Mr Robinson that Kiwis are better off, and I see the New Zealand dollars slump to its lowest point since 2009 against both Australia and the US at the moment. So I think it's unfortunate. Matt, I'm interested. You said that you've just been told that your insurance premiums are going up between seven at the lowest and 20 something at the highest. So that's a lot of money. How quickly do you go on the doors of your tenants and say, you know, my costs are gone up. I need another 30 or $50 a week. Yeah, well, look, I guess in theory, you you would think that I'd turn around and say, okay, well, I'm just going to pass that on to all the people that rent for me. But the reality is that the rental market is uh, under uh, severe pressure at the moment, and it's a renter's market. I reckon rents have dropped somewhere between probably 15 and 20%. That would be my uh, intuitive thought, and certainly any data evidence suggests that I'm probably on the on the right side there. So in this instance, it's simply a case of, as an owner, you have to suck that up because if I go and put all my rents up um, to compensate for um, insurance, I'll just end up with uh, vacant properties, of which, to be honest, I've got a few at the moment as it is. So 
it's quite a tough market at the moment. It's not simply a case of saying, well, I'm, I'm going to pass this on to the end user because uh, there are there is a deluge of property out there and rentals are very soft. Um, and I, I want to, so that's a pretty sad state of affairs if you're a property owner right now. Well, I just, you know, I guess I get frustrated when I see people like um, Jacinda and she talked about the RAM rating of all, uh, you know, poor owners that have livelihoods in Auckland uh, that are getting RAM rate on a, on a daily or weekly basis. And I, at the time, thought to myself, gee, there's a few property investors that are getting RAM rated by the Labour Party at the moment where we've had all these increase in rents, uh, rates, insurance, uh, compliance costs, and yet they still seem intent on holding on to this absurd policy that you can't um, write off the cost of your of your interest. And I think that's just a just it's. I think it's shocking, quite frankly. Matt, um, questions just come in. I've recently got a new flat made in, but they're proving to be horrible to live with. Is there anything I can do as a head tenant? Cheers, Emma. Yeah, well, normally if you're a head tenant, you should you should get your sub tenants effectively take flatmate agreements. So if you're responsible for the lease and the, and the value of the lease, then you have total control as to who lives with you. And it's wise to have a flatmates agreement, which will stipulate exactly what notice period you need to give in the event that things don't work out, which occasionally is the case. So I'd highly recommend that you have that you have one. And in the event that you don't have one, then obviously you probably need to talk to that person and say, look, I'm, I'm responsible for the lease. I'm, I'm the only person on the tenancy agreement and it's just not working out. So how can we resolve this and and uh, both move forward. So is that agreement uh, available on Google, or can you find that yeah, you agreement? Can, yeah, you can download that agreement, I think, from Tenancy Services, actually. I think they have a, what they call a flatmate sharing agreement, and I always recommend people that have taken on tenancies, maybe if it's a four- or five-bedroom house and they're the only one responsible, to use those just to uh, provide them with a... Um, a little bit of, uh, I guess, control over the tenancy. Matt, we've got another text uh, question here. With prices still falling, is it still better to build than to buy? Well, building is quite dangerous at the moment. I just think the cost of building is is escalating up. It's high, and as I mentioned before, we've uh, most products are, are coming through. But you only need a you only need something like jib again to for some reason stop, and that can that slows you down or completely stops you in some instances. So, yeah, look, it is tricky. I don't tend to get too involved in building brand new, um, only because it has a whole bunch of uh, factors that are very difficult difficult to control. So I, I, I try and avoid it if I can. Matt, another question's just come through. Uh, it feels like on text, it feels like the government policy and taxation are geared to favour larger landlords. Is this the move to have single-family residents on the market, or is it more owner-occupiers? Are small-scale investors being pushed out of the market? Well, I think small-scale investors are being pushed out of the market simply because maybe the 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 current, the current government's policies are not making it favourable for them to stay in. And saying that, it's not great for for a large investors like myself as well. But we're probably a little bit more resilient simply because it's what we do full time and, and it's not a part time occupation to us. And I think some of the rules around um, taxation compliance costs and changing uh, rules around um, uh, laws around tenancies have made it harder and harder for mum and dad investor who are maybe used to own one or two properties to see the the long-term future in doing so. Matt, I've got a real quick one here that uh, that I want to answer. Uh, state housing has returned to the wire wrapper after nearly two decades with 40 new homes being unre- unrevealed in Masterton not too long ago. What does the boost in state housing do to the market? I think, look, I think state housing is great and, 
you know, uh, I think anything that's building new new homes is is good for New Zealand, good for Wellington. We need more property being built. There's no question about that. I mean, I do get a little bit. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? I get a little bit... Jealous? Well, no, not jealous. (laughs) I get a bit concerned about the fiscal sensibility of how some of these things are done, particularly under the the current government. So building homes by private individuals is probably the way to go because I think they know how to budget and and keep things moving, and we only need to look at sort of Kiwi build and what a debacle that became to realise that the government in many ways shouldn't be involved in these things. They should leave it to the private enterprise because I think they're so much more efficient in doing so. Absolutely, know how to save money. Matt, always a pleasure. Thank you for coming into the studio and taking a little bit more time and answering our questions for our callers. Fantastic. Matt is our resident expert on property, and every couple of weeks he comes in, takes your questions, chats to us, uh, and gives us a whole lot of information that we didn't have before.